Welcome, everybody, yet to another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast, courtesy of YouTube.com. Hopefully, all are having a good day. If not, uh, whatever. So, anyway, got another topic. This one I covered on the original channel in a video, even though audio got choppy and all that shit, about a topic that I wanted to recover, and that is about JBL's WWE Championship run that we saw from 2004 to 2005. Tomorrow! So, JBL had one of the longest reigns involving the WWE Championship in a while. I think he's still got advertised as the longest reigning WWE Champion SmackDown history, even though I think AJ Styles beat that a couple like uh, a couple years ago, if memory serves me right. can't remember who lost the championship to in, in 2018, but anyway. It's time to go over this reign because, honestly, like you keep hearing it touted being like, Oh, WWE Champion for nine months! Ha-ha! Yeah, Marrow, my wrestling god, Marrow! Like... His WWE title run, honestly, was nothing special. When you look at the booking and the quality of, like, what he had really going in there. And I'm not saying that just going over this because JBL blocked me on Twitter a couple years ago because, honestly, I was pretty much begging for him to do that. But let's face facts. His WWE title run was nothing special, no matter how long it ran for. So right now, I'm looking over... I've got his list here about every title defense he had, and most of them involved cheap... Chicken shit heel finishes. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a chicken shit heel as a champion, but in my books, if you really want somebody to legitimize like their title reign in terms of like a booking standpoint, you have to give them a credible opponent and have them retain a championship cleanly against a credible opponent. Like, if you want a quick example, Randy Orton's title run from 2007-2008, he had clean wins over Shawn Michaels in Survivor Series 2007 and Jeff Hardy over in Royal Rumble 2008. Definitely helped legitimize his title run. Clean wins, legitimate opponents. What better way to be more legitimized with your title run and make people think, say, yeah, he's a credible champion. But this run absolutely fucking sucked. And I'll begin why. Now, we know the backstory. He was Bradshaw, part of the APA, Acolytes. He had runs as just Bradshaw, Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, the new Black Jacks, and all that shit, which was fucking stupid. And then after the APA had to break up because Ron Simmons was released from the company and retired... He completely changed his gimmick to being John Bradshaw Layfield, horns on the limo and all that, all that shit, and the American aristocrat, cowboy hat. I got money, Marrow. It's it was this whole new direction because I think either it was just because like they really saw something in him, or they needed a new heel to bring up because Eddie Guerrero was feeling pressure with being WWE champion and the ratings not going up, so we had to give him a new opponent because Kurt Angle had to be on the sidelines. Due to neck injury, and you didn't really have that good of a roster at this point for SmackDown for contenders. So JBL became the new character. He started being more anti-Mexican because, like, he was scared, like, sending Mexican back across the border at one point. He scared Eddie Guerrero's mom into a heart attack. They had the match at Judgment Day, which is great, even though it was a blood fest, a la the chair shot and deep play job that Eddie Guerrero did at Judgment Day. They eventually did a rematch at Great American Bash, which was a bull roll match. So you know the whole stipulation. Both men connected by a rope. First person to touch all four corners uninterrupted, like in terms of not getting attacked or anything and not losing their momentum, gets the victory. JBL narrowly won this just because of Kurt Angle playing a replay where it showed that JBL's shoulder technically hit the turnbuckle first before Eddie Guerrero's hand. So JBL became the new WWE champion. During this period between the time he won the championship and the night he lost it, he had 13 televised title defenses, and uh, some of these are really sketchy when you look at the outcome. 
First match, a title defense against Spike Dudley on the July 1st, 2004 edition of SmackDown. Honestly, yes, it was a clean victory. But at the same time, this title reign... It, no disrespect to Spike Dudley. Credit to him because like he's a well-done wrestler. Took a lot of insane bumps and injuries during his career and everything like that. But your first title defense being against a guy like Spike Dudley, who was not really looked at as a high guy like in terms of ranking or anything, it doesn't really do wonders for your career. It's like, oh, he beat Spike Dudley to retain the WWE Championship. It's not, it's not something that people are going to really remember. Second title defense. This is where things, ugh, things really fall off cliff. Two weeks later, July 15, 2004, edition of SmackDown, he faced off against Eddie Guerrero in a steel cage match, the one where Eddie Guerrero did the frog splash off the cage. But the only reason JBL retained was because Kurt Angle, dressed up as El Grand Luchador, interfered to keep Eddie from winning the match, thus helping JBL escape the cage. So already, the second title defense, he wins because somebody helped interfere on his behalf to help him escape. Third match, SummerSlam 2004 against The Undertaker. He won by disqualification because referee caught Undertaker using the WWE Championship as a weapon. And then afterwards, JBL got slammed through the roof of his limo. They kind of sidelined him for a brief period. Right after that, August 26, 2004 SmackDown, Orlando Jordan had to substitute for JBL to defend the WWE Championship against The Undertaker, and that ended by disqualification because JBL interfered to keep the title while having that halo neck brace on with the cowboy hat right on top. So it's like he knew he was doomed. He knew Undertaker was going to win. Fifth defense, a couple months later, at No Mercy 2004, a last ride match against The Undertaker. Put your opponents in the hearse and get the hearse out of the arena in order to win. It's kind of like a different variation of the ambulance match. But JBL, despite being bloody, won because Heidenreich interfered and dragged Undertaker into the hearse to cause JBL to win. Because, of course, Heidenreich is a madman who reads poetry for some fucking reason. Let me read you a poem before he wants people to be his friend. Michael Cole. Title defense number six. Now... This one's a bit iffy. I would kind of declare not 100% clean slash convincing because what happened? October 14, 2004, or 2004 edition of SmackDown, a hardcore match against Hardcore Holly. I'm iffy on this because Orlando Jordan interfered in the match. He got hit with a trash can. And then by Hardcore Holly, and the Hardcore Holly picked up steel steps, turned around, and boom, smacked with a steel chair for the end. It feels like if it wasn't for Orlando Jordan getting in the way and Hardcore Holly having to focus for a moment to... Uh, Take out Orlando Jordan, JBL never would have been able to capitalize, so that's up for debate. Seventh defense. Survivor Series 2004 against the newly turned babyface Booker T. Uh, this one ended because Orlando Jordan got involved, bookend to Orlando Jordan, the JBL turned around and hit him with the face in the face of the WWE Championship to retain. So, weapon uses while the referee was down. Nice. Number eight. Fatal four-way match at Armageddon against Booker T, Eddie Guerrero, and The Undertaker, the, his three main opponents that year since becoming champion. So at this point, he was champion for about five months. No, six, I believe. Yeah, six. The only reason he won was because Undertaker was sitting up about to attack JBL, but then Heidenreich came in, dragged Undertaker out of the ring, and put him in a cover clutch, and then JBL capitalized with Cole's line from hell on Booker T and got the pin. So really, Heidenreich really helped him there. So again, interference helped. Ninth defense. Uh, December 16, 2004 edition of SmackDown. Heel versus heel match against Kurt Angle. Only reason that JBL retained was because Orlando Jordan got involved and attacked Kurt Angle while he had the ankle lock on JBL, thus causing a disqualification. 
great. Tith Defense. This this one was a stupid booking decision. December 30, 2004 edition of SmackDown against Shannon Moore. Also, no disrespect to Shannon Moore, but he... The only thing you remember him in WWE was being a, being a Mattitude follower with Matt Hardy. But at this point, he was doing literally nothing. Last time he did anything that people might remember was at the end of 2003 when he was having the whole stuff going on with Hardcore Holly and Brock Lesnar, and that was about it. But he, he quickly loses a squash match to Shannon, or to, to uh, friggin', uh, friggin' JBL, because JBL did a pre-match assault. Shannon Moore's making his entrance, JBL ran right out and just attacked him at the entrance. Like, Shannon Moore was not booked to be a threat to anybody, really, in WWE at that point. So why did JBL feel the need to, like, attack him before the match? Do you really think that Shannon Moore was going to easily beat him? Compared to somebody like Undertaker or something like that? And then he, of course, won the match after the bell rang less than 20 seconds later. Like, I get, again, chicken shit heel, but who's going to do that to a smaller opponent? Like, you do a pre-match attack or pre-match assault to try to get an advantage to weaken him down as fast as possible before the match could end. But again, at what point was Shannon Moore going to be at 100% and be a threat even if he wasn't for the pre-match assault? Just asking. 11th match. Royal Rumble 2005, triple threat against Kurt Angle and Big Show. At this point, JBL got speared through the uh, barricade by uh, Big Show there. So Kurt Angle and Big Show are fighting in the ring. Kurt Angle takes a flapjack on a steel chair he brought in the ring. Then Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak attack Big Show, take him out of the ring. That's the point where Orlando Jordan dragged JBL into the ring instead of letting him get stretched off. Clothesline from L to Kurt Angle for the pin. So Big Show could have easily won this, but thanks to uh, Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak attacking and keeping Big Show at bay, allowed JBL to pick to get in there and get the attack in the win. So again, more interference. Number 12. No Way Out 2005 against Big Show in a barbed wire steel cage match. Doors padlocked and everything. JBL and Big Show are on the top rope. Choke slam to JBL through the ring. And Big Show breaks the chain padlock and everything. But JBL crawls under the ring and gets to the floor first right before Big Show gets through the door. So that was pretty much a case of luck. He got lucky that Big Show choke slammed him through the ring so he could crawl underneath and get to the floor. So cheap luck there. Then finally, 13, WrestleMania 21, he lost the championship to John Cena. Nobody interfering on his behalf or anything because the cabinet was barred from ringside. So you, you look at his reign. Yeah, it was a lengthy reign, but what is anything significant in terms of his booking in a positive way to make you think he was a credible champion? And I know wrestling's fixing everything, but you look at it booking-wise. Did anything happen in this title reign to make you respect JBL's run as champion other than the fact that it was a lengthy reign? Honestly, no. Because, again, he wrestled two small guys. One of them, like, he beat cleanly, but, again, it was a guy who wasn't really being booked high. He had to get a pre-match assault on another small guy, and then the rest was constant interferences and disqualifications. It was just like, it was just bad booking. Who's going to take a champion that seriously? Triple H's heel run as WWE champion at the beginning of 2000 was more properly booked than this. Like with the matches against Mick Foley and all that. Triple H legitimized himself as WWE champion more than JBL did, to be honest. It's just absolutely just sad. Marrow, marrow, marrow. Anyway, 
I'm going to leave that there, folks. Let me know what you all thought in the comment section below about GBL's WWE title reign. Do you agree? Disagree? Let's discuss in the comments, because why not? Hopefully, you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave a like, subscribe, bell turned on for notifications, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody. Marrow.